0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. Hope you're all doing really, really well on this fine, crisp. Sunday morning coming to you at the very unusual time of a Sunday morning. It's actually very weird to be doing this podcast whilst there is still daylight outside. Um, albeit here in the UK, it does seem to have only just gotten to a point where you know the sun is coming up at around 10 a.m. But, um, we've got a lot to unpack in this edition of the podcast. Fantastic win in midweek, followed up by another brilliant win yesterday at Emirates Stadium. I'm joined with the wonderful JJ once again. I think everyone knows who you are by now. But the one thing I'm going to ask you, mate, before we get into the, into the meat of today's podcast, have Arsenal clicked yet?
0: Um, I would say based on the when you get eight goals in a week, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. However, um, we should have had about fourteen, maybe fifteen goals in a week, James. So I think it has, apart from some of the finishing, but I think we'll touch on that later.
1: We absolutely will, and it's a very good point because if we
0: weren't doing the chances, I would say to you, no. So <laughs> we get into the positions, we're just not tucking them,
1: yeah. And it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because we're going to touch on um Lons in a moment, but if we just you know, fast forward to what we saw yesterday, I actually saw quite a bit of a negative reaction on Twitter, um, or should I call it X these days, but there were quite a few people that were saying, you know, we can't sustain this level of performance, and I was like, what are you on about? Like, we were creating so many chances yesterday, there was nothing for me personally to be particularly worried about. I mean, okay, I do think there were a few moments of sloppiness. The goal that we conceded wasn't the only moment of sloppiness in the game. That should definitely be highlighted. But we created so many opportunities. On another day, we score five, six, seven goals in this game. We, we missed two one-on-ones. We hit the post twice. And uh, let's not forget that Jose Sarr made a fantastic save from Trossard in the first half as well, which would have put us out of sight. So um were you sharing that same point of view? Did you feel that we played well and uh, and that it was just a case of, you know, we just weren't clinical on the day? Or, or do you share the opinion that maybe we weren't as good as we could have been?
0: Oh, no, no. I thought we were fantastic. Um, it's just that, you know, you, your energy go for what you see goes in different, um, you know, goes through different stages. And I I don't know, James, you were there. Were you there yesterday?
1: I was indeed, yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It, it felt to me um, watching, um, I wasn't there obviously, but it, it, it seemed very quiet. And I don't know if that's because last season we were so close and then, it, you know, it, it slipped through our hands and there's an expectation level now and everyone knows how fine the margins are because last season was five points. If you put that into perspective, that's what, two games? So you know, and it was a game where you were 2-0 up at half-time thinking to yourself this should be five this should be six and then you're thinking okay second half let's let's fly out the blocks again because they can't handle us I know they've had to make a goalkeeping change so they've sort of gone to a more defensive shape but we've we've broken down in the first half let's break them down again and then it was a really sloppy goal to give away and it was felt like after that we were clinging on so it it, it does change your perspective but no I wasn't I wasn't in any way shape or form thinking oh we've played absolutely terrible here today it's just a momentary lapse from a player that sadly has momentary lapses and unlike the first half where he had two and he got bailed out one by Gabriel and another one by David Rea we couldn't bail him out this time
1: yeah it's interesting isn't it because it's one of those games where if you concede early Let's say we go 1-0 down to Wolves, but then we come back to win it 2-1 in the second half. Everyone's like, oh, what a brilliant, charismatic performance from Arsenal. Everyone's feeling really on top of the world. But because it's kind of gone in reverse in the sense of we've gone two goals up and then conceded late, it just leaves you with a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. But look, I'm really happy with the win. And um, Before we go on to dissect the Wolves game, obviously, we've topped our Champions League group. 6-0 win against Lons in midweek. Um, Kai Havertz scoring again, six different goal scorers, brilliant game from Jesus, Odegaard. So, I mean, everyone played really, really well on Wednesday evening. Um, Firstly, JJ, how important is it to top the group, not just, you know, qualify, but to actually top it going into that game against PSV where we can now effectively just play children and not have to worry about the outcome? Because it, it is just, you know, a competitive friendly in a way, although that sounds a bit... Uh, you know, a bit ironic. But you know what I mean? Like, it's a game which we don't have to, to worry about anymore. Um, and I think it's it sends a statement across Europe, doesn't it? A 6 nil win. You know, we've scored a hell of a lot of Champions League goals, but Saka leads the way in terms of goal contributions. Arsenal are looking good in that tournament. Yeah, I mean, obviously
0: the PSV result comes through uh, uh, beforehand and you're like, OK, we need to win this to top the group. But you didn't think, you know, I didn't think we were going to win like that. And it was absolute, that that's the best That I think I've seen Arsenal play in many, many, probably ever under Arteta in terms of free flowing goal scoring football. It was absolutely fantastic, James. And uh, it was everything that you wanted. All of his, you know, I think that's the first time that he's preferred front five have had a game together. I don't think all season that whole five have played. I know that was the first, I think it was the second time all season the front three had played together um, of Saka, Jesus, and. um, Martinelli so yeah it was it was absolutely fantastic and topping that group like you said absolutely massive I know that I I want us to go really far in the Champions League and I think we, I think we're capable of going quite far in it um, and obviously eventually you're going to play one of the big boys you know if you're going to win the Champions League along the line you're going to have to play one of the big teams and you're going to have to beat them but going through the group obviously getting the team that finished second and there are some teams that actually finished second as well so you know it's not a gimme but yeah it's a massive massive achievement for you know so many people james and we all know who they are oh you know saka won't cope in the champions league what is it seven goals and five assists oh uh, arsenal won't cope in the champions league or top of our group you know it's 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 just ridiculous and uh yeah we've we've uh we've absolutely smashed that and like you said i hope that we go over to uh the Netherlands and obviously Ramsdow and Cedric play them, but the rest, the rest just play kids. Like you said, take, take kids. Like how good would it be for the likes of a Nan Wary a, a Lewis Skelly, a Sago Jr. that played in the ca- hearing they're standing there, that Champions League music. So that's, you know, they've probably had dreams of that since they were kids. And the UEFA Youth League that we're still going to have a game in, We've completely, I think they're bottom of that, Arsenal are bottom of that UEFA for youth. So don't prioritise the kids, just take them into this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If we could just play a nice mixture of, you know, the guys that need minutes, you know, maybe if Fabio Vieira is back for that game, which unfortunately I don't yeah. think he will be, to be honest. No, if, if, if um,
0: Smith-Rowe's fit, yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah. That's
1: interesting, Smith-Rowe, because, you know, him, like Thomas Partey, uh, they're not really at the forefront of my mind at the minute. Um, and it'd be great to have them back as options. And when they do come back, you know, let's let, let's touch wood that they can stay fit for a sustained period. But at the moment, um, although, although we are, you know, a little bit light... We just don't really need them. I think we're seeing Trossard evolve into this player that's able to play in the left eight role now and play there very well. I think he did well in pre-season and now we're actually seeing that in competitive competition. So it's nice to have these options. And when we do have the likes of Vieira, Smith-Rowe, Partey come back, you know, we we could have a really good second half of the season. Um, But look, mate, Really good to top the Champions League group. Really happy with that. Um, I'd love to see us go on and, and go deep in the competition, but I was looking at who we could potentially get in the last 16. And, and like you say, there are some serious teams that you know will either win their groups or, or finish runners up. Um, there's no team really that I, I fancy coming up against. I think, you know, even if we got say a Porto or someone like that, that that's that's definitely not uh, likely. Bring them me. on, James. Bring them on. Bring them on, yeah, exactly. I mean you've got to play them if you want to if you want to win it. You, you've got to play him. So so um, yeah. Looking forward to that in the new year. But um, it was Wolves yesterday. Obviously, going into the game, um, I think this was going to be a bit more of a sterner test than what Lons gave us, who just gave us acres of space. I never expected this to be another, another hammering, another four, five, six nil. Um, despite us creating enough opportunities yesterday to, to, you know, definitely go on and score that amount of goals. But Wolves were missing quite a few players. You know, they they were missing Lamina. Um, they were missing somebody else in midfield. I can't quite remember who. Eight Nori. Was it eight Nori? I think it was. I think so, yeah. Um, obviously,
0: Pedro Neto is the big one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: Pedro Neto was the one. I mean, I was amazed that. Um, yeah, I, I I wasn't even aware that he was injured or anything. Um, but for him to, oh, of course, he was. He had that quite bad injury not too long ago, didn't he? That's the only thing with Pedro Neto. I absolutely love him as a footballer, but the one reservation I would have about Arsenal going in for him is obviously his injury record is, you know, starting to be a bit of a problem. I'd, I'd, st-
0: I'd still gamble on him. I, I love him, James. I think he's that good. And yeah, he's, you,
1: he's fantastic. You, isn't he's he? one of
0: them. You put him with better players, I think he's going to be even better than he is at Wolves. I think he's amazing at Wolves now, but you, you chuck him in, like you said, with the Trossard, with a, with a Martinelli, with a Havertz that's passing forward and running now. You know, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, what what good a couple of goals does for that laddie. I thought, again, when he come on yesterday, I thought Havertz was brilliant when he come on. Yeah, he was. I I thought he looked really, really good. He should have got should have got two fouls. He got fouled twice in the space. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, either of them. Let's talk about that quickly because I mean, obviously, we're getting late into the game at that point. But Havertz wins the ball, kind of, you know, five yards from the Wolves' penalty area, and not too long before that, we'd seen you know, fouls given for absolutely nothing that were awarded oh. to Wolves, then that Habits one is as clear as day. It's just yeah. straight away to referees yeah. like that. I James,
0: mean... I, I, I don't like going at refs because I see it as an excuse for if you, you know, play badly or what have you. But there was glimpses there yesterday where I was thinking to myself, where you had the problem with Wolves on Monday and you had to issue them an apology again for, you know, how you ref their game against Wolves, uh, sorry, against Fulham, I, I think there was a lot yesterday that was they let slide because they were like, "Oh, we can't do this to you know, we can't have anything rattle wolves again." I mean, the the Jesus one is the most obvious penalty because when I th- I, I, I don't know if it's like a tug and a and a push, but I'm like when he attempts that header, if he's not been touched, he's going to fall forwards, like directly forwards. But he falls to the side, and I'm like, the only way he falls to a side if he's is 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 if he's off balanced. So I'm like, you know that he's made contact with him, <laughs> so it's for him to fall in the area that he's fell in, and all like the ref initially doesn't give it on the on the pitch and then the Vita. and I was just like, wolves cannot be hard. That if Gary, I mean Gary O'Neill didn't mention it, but I'm like, if that's given, I don't think Gary O'Neill can sit there and go. Well, that's they've done me there. I've been hard, that he'd be like, That's just Kilman being an idiot. But like, it, it was the most one of the most obvious penalties, along with the uh, where you know, um, Sanchez at Chelsea turned into Kane from wrestling and did the clothesline on <laughs> Jesus's face. I'm like, It's one of the most obvious penalties I see. It's just unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we don't want to um get drawn into talking about the ref, but it has to be said, his all round game was dreadful. And
0: Saliba's, what, how was that a booking? I was like, what? it? He won the ball. Weren't even a tackle really. first
1: booking in good, good, God knows how long. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it was just, just for nothing challenge, but look, we're not, we're not going to get drawn into that, mate. Um, Going into the game, the team selection was pretty much identical to what we saw against Brentford, uh, apart from, obviously, the goalkeeper where we saw David Rea come in for Aaron Ramsdale. I don't think we need to talk about that now. It's pretty obvious that David Rea is Arsenal's number one. and
0: Had his best game in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, I thought
1: league. he played well, made some made some really Superb. good saves, commanded his box. He, and, you know, those errors that we saw at the start of his Arsenal career, you know, going back to Lons and City and some of the games where he looked a bit shaky. Just don't seem to be happening anymore. So maybe it was just a case of him bedding in, and and he just looks very calm, very composed at the minute. And I, I think this Ramsdale discussion is very slowly starting to fall by the wayside. Do
0: you know, do you know what James as well? I don't know if you, um it, you know you saw it as uh, as much as we did at home watching on the TV, but it felt like the players now are really receptive and welcoming him as a because um at the end when he made that high claim and he laid on the ball. That was the first time I saw Gabriel Saliba and all that, like patting him on the back, like, yes, mate, come on, like, you know, and um, there was a, there was the one, I think it was the Cunha save that he made in the second half. It was a massive save at the time. And yeah, Gabriel again turned around and just big slap on his hand, like, yes, mate, well played. And I'm like, that's the first time I've seen them really I mean, I don't think they've had a problem with him. They're, you know, they're professionals. They understand. They're like manager makes a choice. You know, they're not. They're not going to. I know there was rumours about it, and um, that they were a lot of them were a bit upset with how quickly Ramsdale was displaced because of how big of a character he is in the dressing room. But I think now they're like, no, nah, this is this is it now. You know, this is the time. And uh, yeah, I, I think they really are, are warmed to the fact, like, yeah, okay, he's our number one now, and let's get on with it. Because I think the club has got to do a bit more to make Raya. You know, it it seemed to me that there was a lot of people that just dismissed him and didn't like him straight away because Ramsdale. And I'm like, well, that's not his fault. You know, it's not, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they put out of Ramsdale that makes him likeable. Like you get to know him as a character, you get to know about his family and everything else. I know we've had this discussion (laughs) uh, the other day, but I think they need to do more with Raya especially now that he is the number one, he has been permanently bought. We saw that report, you know, we are going to trigger the clause at the end of the the season to get him for that. So I'm like, he's going to be our number one now, probably for the foreseeable. So I think they need to start treating him like he is the number one and do a bit more, you know, not necessarily like more PR type stuff, but maybe do some more to get fans on side, because there's still a lot of them that I see that are really anti him. And I don't know why.
1: I think it's just because everyone likes Ramsdale, don't they? You know, uh, which is fair enough.
0: I understand that, but it's not this guy's fault. No, 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 no. Like, like he's he's just come in and tried to be the best that he can be, offer the best version of himself that he can be at another, you know, at a bigger club, you know. No disrespect to Brentford, but... So it's, it's it was a massive move for him. You, you know, you saw the presentation. We all said it from when the presentation happened. That is not a guy that's going to be a second string goalkeeper. That was very much Arteta was beaming when he walked in the room as if to be like, you're the goalkeeper I've always wanted and I've finally landed you now. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a shame. Like we said, you know, before, it's a shame what's happened with uh, Ramsdown and everything. But it's professional football. You know, it's big boy football. You've got to get on with it.
1: I know I know we don't want to talk about this because we have done the goalkeeping thing to death but um I think we could be in quite a nice situation at some point whether that's in January or whether it's come the end of the season I, I think it'll probably be leaning towards the end of the season now to be honest but if we were to sell Ramsdale we could actually be you know in a scenario where we've bought David Raya for say 27 million and we might be making profit because we're selling Aaron Ramsdale for maybe forty odd million. I know we've spoken before about Ramsdale is a fifty must fifty million plus goalkeeper, and I wholeheartedly agree. But you know, the longer he stays on the bench, the less football he plays. We all know that value just diminishes. Yeah, we've ta-
0: yeah we, we've tanked it, but that's that's how it is.
1: Yeah, but do you think we could be in a scenario where we we are able to sell him for say a profit?
0: Oh, oh yeah, there's people that want him already. <laughs> the, the, who we played yesterday want him. But so they, they want him on a loan with an option, whereas we want to, yeah. if he's going to go, we want the permanent, we want the money now and we want the big sale.
1: That's the thing. I mean, what I, I,
0: if you watched Pope yesterday dislocated his shoulder, mate, <sighs> New Car- what, who's Newcastle's other goalkeeper, Carrius. I mean, come on.
1: Car- no, they've got Debravka.
0: Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Okay. As well. Fair enough. But I like, totally what, forgot about him, so fair play. <laughs>
1: what what clubs outside of the ones, you know, outside the top six do you think would be, you know, after an Aaron Ramsdale? Because, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but I actually think there's a case for someone like United going in for him, given how on has been for them so far.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, any of them. He, he, he would, uh, I think that obviously he doesn't want a team that's potentially going to get, you know, he, I don't think he wants another relegation on him if he could help it. But I think any of those club, you know, he's good enough to be a number one anywhere. You know, a lot of people have listened to what I've had to say on various channels, James, and think that I'm anti Aaron Ramsdale. I'm not at all. If anything, he's one of the biggest players that's come into this club and made me eat my words massively. Because when we first bought him, I was not impressed at all. I, I thought we desperately needed to get rid of Leno. I always said, You're, we're never going to get top four, let alone win the league with Leno in goal for us. Um, and then he come in, and I thought he was, I was like, wow, and, um, yeah, you know, what's happened's happened, and I do agree, yeah, he is a 50 million plus player, you just got to hope, like, someone like a Chelsea, or whatever, where they go mental, either them, or like you said, United, Newcastle, I mean, Pope's not getting any younger, and I don't think that he's, I think he's a very, very good shot stopper, but you know you want these distribution goalkeepers now and I don't think he's anywhere near what Ramsdale offers in terms of that. I mean, uh, I know Ramsdale doesn't isn't in our squad because we have problems with his distribution and concentration, but I think someone like Newcastle or Man United, like you said, would love him. I mean, Wolves really want him, but you've got to remember he's a West Brom fan, so I don't know if he'd do that or not. But then again, he is guaranteed, he would be first choice, no questions asked at Wolves. So... Maybe that's that's what he wants, you know, move back to where he's from and he plays every single week.
1: Yeah, I think I could deal with him going to like a mid table side and being the undisputed number one. I'd just be really sick if he went to say United, Chelsea, Newcastle and then started playing really well. And that's why I have a gut feeling would inevitably happen if that was the case. But um, let's move on to what we actually saw yesterday. I mean, like I was saying before we got on to the goalkeeper debate, Um, similar team that played against Brentford, and we saw Trossard in the left eight role again. Um, I was surprised that Havertz wasn't given another opportunity, given his goal last week, given his goal again in midweek, and he seems to be fit and firing at the minute. But Trossard, I think, is proven to be quite a good option in that left eight position. I mean, he didn't tear up any trees yesterday, but at the same time, he was very solid, you know, he had two very good opportunities to put the ball in the back of there, which he absolutely should have taken at least one of them. But, um, what, what are you making of him playing in this new role for him? Because we saw it in pre season, we've not seen it in the Premier League so far, but there's something a bit Santi cazorla esque about him in that position.
0: Yeah, I, I really like him, um, James. I think he's a very, very, very good player. Um, there, there were glimpses yesterday where Arteta, though, was absolutely ripping the guy. He was laying into him something. And I've never seen him go at Trossard like that. I've seen him go into Martinelli quite a bit, but he absolutely was obliterating Trossard that second half for some of the shots that he was taking, you know. He- well, it's,
1: it's funny you mention that because there was a moment where he was on the left-hand side of the pitch and he held on to the ball for way too long. And I think Arteta tries to be quite reserved in his, you know, having a go at the place, but he he was not yeah. in that. He, yeah. he really laid into it for just mm. losing the ball for holding on to it too long.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, um no, I, I do. I, I thought that there were uh, parts of that left-hand side in the first half. James normally was so used to being a right-hand side dominant team that to work on that, that some of the stuff him and Martinelli were doing in between, they've got a link up, mate. That's very special. Them two, um, they they really, you can see it. They really really like playing with each other, and. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he'd done well there. You know, Havertz. So I saw a lot of people going, "Oh, he's dropped it." I went, well, "Hang on a sec. He played the full ninety. He was one of the only ones of all that front, you know, five that we talk about that played the full ninety minutes in midweek. So he, he wasn't he wasn't dropped. He was rested, which you know I've not got a problem with. Um, obviously, we knew that Wolves were going to play a deep block, and we probably wanted the more you know better finisher. Slash better creative type player than what Havertz is. So that's why we went for Trosser. I think that Havertz 100% is going to come back against Luton because they are a 4 4 2, like it and lump it, horrible type of football inside. And they are, you know, when when your striker is trying, you know, someone like Jesus who's going to play on Tuesday, when he's trying to bring the ball down, a bit like when we played Southampton away and that, I can't even remember that guy's name, but he was horrible, weren't he? He scored against us uh, the Emirates as well. Very, very, was it car? Carter,
1: Summer. Okay. No, 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 no was, I'm it,
0: thinking a I cro- think, think it was a cro- yeah, Croatian guy. I can't remember. Yeah, his I know, Croatian. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, but every single time Jesus jumped, it was like elbowing that, like it was like right in his ribs. Give him an elbow. They're going to be doing that. They're going to in the first five minutes, James, against Luton. I know I'm getting ahead of myself. They're going to wallop somebody that plays for us, and we're all going to go, oh, you absolutely filth! you know, I won't say the expletive because it's early in the morning. But we're all going to, you know, we're all going to be on our WhatsApps and everything else, going, oh, did you see that? The dirty, you know, da da da. Because they are. They're going just to let you know that they're there. They're going to crunch someone within the first five minutes of the game 100%. And uh, no, you want Havertz for that because it's going to be a very direct and long sort of game. So you want him in there to win, you know, chest it down, lay stuff off and everything. Well, I think he's he's bread and butter, which he's really good at. So yeah, he'll definitely come back for me for that one. But yeah, no, Trossard for me, he should have, you know, Martin Odegaard yesterday, I, I he got a 9.1 on sofa score anyway, but he should have had a he should have had a 9.9. He should have had four assists. He, he laid so much on a plate for him yesterday and um that Trossard one, especially in the first half. Yeah, he should have buried that. I mean it was a great touch to get the chance anyway, and he just his feet just, you know, went a bit too quick for him to finish it good off. Good save and, as yeah. well though, hasn't he? It safe. was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, I agree. Yeah. But um no, I, I've got no qualms with Trossard, mate, whatsoever. I think he's a very, very good player. I like I like when he plays for us and I like what he does, so.
1: But similarly to what we saw in midweek, we started this game really quickly. And I think um, what we spoke about on the last podcast after the, you know, quite scrappy win against Brentford was that it's always going to be difficult playing against teams that are going to sit in and not give you space. But if you're able to get an early goal, then it just changes the entire dynamic of their game plan and allows you to create more opportunities, which is exactly what we saw against Lons. You know, you get the early goal and suddenly space appears all over the pitch and we managed to do it again, you know, very early. Bakayo Saka, again, it's fantastic play from Takahiro Tomiyasu to play him in, who's just been a revelation this season. Fingers crossed, his injury is absolutely nothing. Um, But Saka just creates that opportunity, you know, weaving past Dawson um, and then finishing with his right foot, which he seems to be really good with at the minute and let's not forget Gabriel Jesus played a big part in that goal as well um, but 1-0 in the opening five-ish minutes mate can't ask for a better start can you?
0: Yeah no it's fantastic it's um, it's exactly what we we needed to do um, like you said you know they were, they were going into that block um, and we needed to open it up and yeah we got it we got it when we needed it so yeah very very happy and it, it was a superb goal um, I mean the second was uh, even better in my opinion but yeah this was still this was still fantastic. Great move with, uh, like you said, with Jesus and, uh, Tommy Asu. And yeah, I really hope that he's, uh, he's not as bad as what they, they you know, our afterwards says, no, it was a fatigue. And I think at the moment we're, especially this season, we're much, much better mate with managing the players. If they feel something, it seems like we take them off straight away. Now, you know, there was the, um, Rob Holden interview at the start of the season with that Timsey. And he said, yeah, uh, but Newcastle away, Ben White, the Tories car like basically nearly smashed his calf to bits, but he played the full game because he's that committed to the cause. I don't think we do stuff like that now. I think if there's anything, you know, oh, I've got a slight knock here, boss, or I don't fit, get them off, get them off. Because we again, like we said, we know the margins and we know how close it is. So keep everybody as fit as possible. when we need Tommy Yasu, mate. I don't know if he's going to play both games. But like I said, if it's Luton with an aerial bombardment, He doesn't lose any aerials for me, does he ever, Tommy Asu. So I'd like him in there for that if we can. And also, as much as I thought Sinchenko was brilliant against Aston Villa away last season, I don't trust him defensively, mate, against Villa's players um, out wide. So I would like Tommy Asu either right back or left, well, probably left back even for that game against Villa. So I hope he is fit, mate, yeah.
1: And there's an interesting comment here from uh, Melissa who says, um, do you think that Tommy Asu is the preferred starter over Ben White now?
0: At the moment, yeah. I mean, Ben White's coming back. Um, and I, again, both times when he come on this, I thought he was fine when he come on yesterday. Didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. But when this guy's getting three assists in a week, how can you drop him? You know, it's a, For me, how can you drop players that are in you know such good form? Okay, I, say, I understand what people are saying about the Haberts one, because he was obviously in good form as well. But like I said, he played the full 90. Everyone else that played yesterday, they were all rested, weren't they? They all got taken off at one stage. So
1: Yeah, and I mean, this, this is the thing. It's Luton coming up in midweek, and um, I know you're saying you'd like to see Tommy Asu start, and I'd love to see him start, but only on the basis that he's absolutely fully fit. But it's really nice to have an option like Ben White where you can bring him in, rest Tomiyasu if need be, and, and the quality doesn't drop or, or you know, you get something different. Um, what I've really liked about Tomiyasu this season in comparison to Ben White is just he's able to make those goals. You know, he creates assists, which you can't really say about Ben White all that much. He does overlap, but I feel like Tomiyasu's crossing is a bit better. and he's, oh, it's he's,
0: superb, Yes. Yeah
1: it's really good and it's just beautiful that he can play anywhere across that back four like he is such a good asset to this team and there's absolutely um justification for the likes of Bayern Munich to be sniffing around him but I hope we're able to get him signed up to a new deal I'm sure we will because uh he's for me if he stays fit he's very very values um in this Arsenal team but um moving on to to the game um Obviously, we get that sack of goal and then very quickly after we score through Martin Odegaard's um, probably our best goal of the season, I think, in terms of team play. Bakayo sack across from the right-hand side. Beautiful bit of interplay between Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. And it could have been either Zinchenko or Trossard that put that ball back across for Martin Odegaard. But um, brilliant finish. Classic Odegaard finish on the edge of the box. Um, And it's 2-0, mate. And it should have been the start of what should have been many more goals.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I think trying to remember who it was that said it uh yesterday someone in the media they said they called the the uh position the ozone because it's where he seems to just always you know i remember his first ever goal against tottenham when there was no fans and everything in its same position and the way he strikes the ball mate either i mean the one that he had uh midweek was um you know big old uh, power strike but this one was, you know, this one that cushioned like a snooker shot, isn't it? That's what he does, and uh, yeah, really, really nice goal, lovely, lovely
1: goal. Interesting comment here from Tony, mate. I think he's calling you out. Looking ahead to our game against Luton, James obviously hasn't watched Luton Town play in his life because he's assuming that because they're promoted team, they'll be physical. But that's Any come they, back for that. That's how they play.
0: <laughs> they're they're four four two, and they're a physical side that play long ball. Well, we, I, we I, have a, I have a channel where I watch... I do a show that's called the Premier League show where I talk about every game in the Premier League. So, yes, I, I have watched Luton and that's how they yeah. play. They're very well defensively. They don't concede a lot of goals at home.
1: Yeah, that's the thing I think you can say about Luton. Obviously, we're going to talk about them at the end of the podcast, but they are... Um solid, I think. You know, they they've lost a good few games this season, but they've not, you know, been absolutely battered by anyone. We know they held Liverpool to a draw. Yeah. Um and they they you know they very well could have won that game. So I'm definitely not expecting They were very
0: unlucky. They were very unlucky when they played West Ham at home as well.
1: Yes, yeah, they absolutely were. I mean, I'm not expecting this to be a foregone conclusion, but look, we'll um, we'll save that for the end of the podcast. But uh, look, it's two in the game. Um, we're absolutely cruising. And just before we get on to talking about the second half, um, I just want to touch on the importance of Gabriel Jesus because he's come back into the team. Obviously, he played, uh, you know, the full game for Brazil against Argentina. I think a lot of us were quite wary about that, but since coming back, he's played, you know, every game for us. Um, and, OK, he's coming off at, you know, around the 60-ish minute mark, which is the right thing to do. But he is such an important player for us. The way we play through the middle of the pitch, he just makes it seamless. He's so good at bringing other players into the game. And, OK, he didn't get a goal or an assist yesterday, but we know full well without him, we don't score the two goals that we score. You know, he's making the assist before the assist, if that makes sense. And I just love the way he celebrated. That second goal, if you look at how he celebrated with Zinchenko and Trossard, um, he was just over the moon of it. And okay, we do want him to score more goals. But equally, I love the fact that we've got a player, a striker that loves creating goals. Do you feel like you're a similar way towards him? Yes, but at the
0: same time, as much as I thought he had an excellent game, James, Um, he is a centre forward. And those chances, I'm sorry, he's got to score at least two of them. Um, the one where obviously uh, Odegaard plays that ball in and then Gabriel misses the initial header. People were like, oh, was he offside? He wasn't. He was on. He was on and he snatched at it. He went, he just went at it way too quickly. Um, And then he had another one as well, second half that he should be burying. And there was one in the first half as well. And the last podcast and rightfully so as well. Remember at Brentford, Eddie had that where it was like, all you got to do is slot. It's a five yard pass. You slot Saka in. Or I think I think it was Saka or Rodegaard was in. All he had to do was like I said a five yard pass, and then it was a tap in. Jesus again yesterday. Declan Rice is right there. All you got to do is slot him in, and he, the shot was so it was so weak, like the Eddie one against Brentford, and that was just like oh, you know, because that's the thing. I, he like I think his quotes have been um, obviously exaggerated because of the press. You know what the press are like, um, and. He, he's not a 25 to 30 goal a season player, but he helps goals by, you know, the goals by committee, like we're doing, you know, we're getting 10 plus from Martinelli. We're getting 10 plus from Odegaard. We're getting 10 plus from Saka, but you do wish sometimes that he's more clinical than he is. And that to me, again, you know, people are saying about how close we are to city. The only thing for me that really separates us obviously is the money (laughs) and the depth, but also they are they are ruthless like we're sat here now James saying that we should have been four or five up at half time man City would have been four or five up at half time that's the difference that's the yeah. that's the only thing if if we get more cutthroat, we will blitz we will we will do lens more than you know we'll have about another five or six lens games this season easily I mean we scored 88 goals last season. So we, we we know we can score. It's just the finishing yesterday was yeah, it was just so annoying. It was it was frustrating the finishing cause, But I would be more worried if we weren't getting in the if you know if Jesus wasn't getting in the positions he was getting in, then I'd be more worried. I'd be like, well, what's going? On? You know. But yeah, unlike Enketia, who had his one chance and he fluffed it, he doesn't offer anything else. Jesus offers so much more, and that's why I think he's the perfect player for us.
1: Yeah, this is the thing with Jesus. I mean, in the Champions League, his record this season has been absolutely fantastic. Um, And he seems to score world-class goals as well in the Champions League. We're not talking about tap-ins at the near post. You know, the goals he's scoring are top, top, top draw. Then when it comes to the Premier League, I'll go back to that opportunity that he missed against Spurs from about five yards out that he should have put away. I, I think he's just a bit more rash. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's because he feel he doesn't have as much time to put those opportunities away in, in the Premier League because you're always going to have a defender snapping at your heels. But a lot of the time, he does tend to be in a lot of space and he just, he just rushes at it. But if he can eradicate that element from his game, then I think there's no reason why he can't be looking at 20 goals this season across all competitions, albeit he has to stay fit. But when you think about it, we are still relatively early in the season. The second half, we know we're going to have a hell of a lot of games there will be goals there for him. We're creating chances at will now. So if he can just be on the end of them, it can still be a very, very good season for Gabriel Jesus. But what he's bringing to the team, he's just hes just fantastic. I love him and we've got to keep him fit. As good as Trossard and Ketia can be, um, like you say there, I mean, no one offers what jesus does in terms of link up play but before we go on to the second half of the show um we do have a competition running on the same old arsenal podcast um i hope i've got uh got this all remembered correctly but you need to go over to ruth beck art she's our sponsor if you head over to her etsy shop and what you've got to do is screenshots your favorite a4 print the one that you like the most email it over to the same old arsenal at gmail.com And we will pick a competition winner. I believe it's going to be next Saturday. Amanda is going live with Albert post-show and the competition winner will be announced then. So you've got less than a week to enter. Absolutely any print that is on Ruth's Etsy page, go and check it out. You can find more details on uh, our Twitter, on Ruth's Twitter as well. But um, yeah, just a a fantastic Christmas present for yourself or for someone in your family. and, of course, Ruth is doing a few more bits as well. You can get her fabulous Christmas cards. It's not too late for that. I mean, it's only the 3rd of December. Um, her little present boxes as well with a card and a candy cane. And then who could forget the fabulous Christmas gong coming? Come on. Who wouldn't want one of those? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Look at that.
1: They're good, aren't they, mate? They're fantastic.
0: They're fantastic. They're They're fantastic. Why, why just get a boring plain gonk when you can get a Dennis Burkamp gonk there? I'm assuming that there's all players.
1: I think it could be personalized to any player you you want.
0: Yeah, you may be able to put your own name on it,
1: you know. Yeah, why not? So look, fabulous Christmas present, either for yourself or for someone in your family. Um, But yeah, make sure to check out the competition. I mean, um, things like this don't come around too often. and, And Ruth's work is absolutely fantastic. You can see just on my wall there. Um, audio listeners won't be able to, but I've got a fabulous little hybrid print just on. Yeah, I mean, movies. if
0: some of you are good, uh, you could probably screenshot James's back wall there and put that up. As the, you know, if you don't want to go to Roofbeck's Etsy shop, you can just crop that and say you want that one.
1: Yeah, feel Maybe. free. Just, just yeah. make sure not to crop my face because yeah. um, then you're no, be something. Def- no
0: one def- definitely go to roof Etsy shop though, please. Yeah.
1: Yeah, please do. um Okay, so I'm glad I remembered a lot of that because that was a lot to uh, a lot to get. Oh no, get you, out there.
0: you smashed that, mate. That's fantastic
1: cheers mate thank you i was worrying about that all day and that was
0: all that was all in your head as well that weren't that weren't written down or nothing
1: no it definitely wasn't written down i, I just had on my agenda mention competition yeah and there, there we have it um see that's so, some
0: real professional people here well i don't know about that
1: um but what wasn't so professional mate was that second half performance it was Again, a little bit great. slow
0: see segways fantastic yeah.
1: Stop it. Stop it. Unreal. But um, how, how did you feel about that second half, mate? Because like you said earlier, you wanted us to come flying out the blocks. And it was just like, I was watching it yesterday. And the second I was like, God knows what we're going to talk about on the podcast. Because there's just <laughs> nothing happening. It was it was controlled. It was measured. But, you know, a real lack of opportunities. We had that trossard one, um, one-on-one, which should have made it 3-0. We should have been out of, out of sight at that point. But it was quite similar to the Lons game in that it felt like the game was done. Uh, we just wanted to see it out. We wanted to conserve our energy a little bit. Um, but obviously at 2-0, the game is not done. Um, obviously against Lons, it's different. It's 5-0. The, the, the game is definitely done. But as we saw later on in the game, we let Wolves back into it. Um, but were you disappointed with how we started that that second half?
0: No, I because I, I, we, we had like... Um, there was something was like Saka broke through quite early, didn't he? Like a couple of minutes into it. So I thought, oh, OK, we're still... You know, we're still going at it. And then he had another one, didn't he? That was just, uh, if he just got it a little bit tiny down, it would have been one of the one of his best goals of the summer. I mean, he's got a, quite a good oh, was that a, the, repertoire um, of goals anyway, hasn't he? The, so,
1: the curler. From yeah, the, uh, yeah.
0: The, you know, the people are going Iron Robin-esque. I'm like, get rid of that. Call it Bakayo Saka-esque. Oh, no. It's, but, but it's his it's, thing now.
1: It's worth mentioning as well, Bakayo Saka was sensational yesterday i think a lot of people have been a little bit um you know keeping an eye on him this season they feel he's been going under the radar a bit but uh, that that performance yesterday was world class yeah, along yeah, with but J- james the,
0: the, the thing is him under the radar is still better than everybody else because i've seen uh, th- there's games where he's been quiet or not at it but he'll whip across like he did against brentford the other week or He'll whip in a corner that someone will head and it will go in. You know, this guy pulls numbers. He will have like a three out of ten game, but still get a game-winning assist or a goal. That's just that's just, that's just how good he is. You know, you run out of words to say with Bakaya Saka and, and you keep all going like, oh, you know, he, we really run him into the ground. And But how can you justify, you know, who, who can start ahead of him?
1: No one. Exactly.
0: He's that that important. He's that good at at that age. Is
1: he... Big question for you, mate. Is he world-class? Of course he is. Of
0: course he is. He was arguably... I have this argument with so many people, mate, but I'm like... He was arguably one of Arsenal's best players last season. I actually gave player of the season to Odegaard um, just for the fact that, you know, he's a midfielder scoring the amount of goals that he scored and everything else. Um, But... He was England's best player at the World Cup. Again, I'm taking the I'm taking the bias away, but he was. Well, well let's
1: not forget. He, he, I, I think there's a very controversial debate to be said as well that he was at the Euros as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I don't want to be no. too far fetched, but you no, know, no, everyone's no. talking about that penalty yeah. he missed, but he was fantastic in that Euros.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I don't disagree. Yeah. No, I think I think you got a point there to make. So okay. So he was our best player in the Euros and best player in the in the World Cup. England's best player in the World Cup as well. And then what he's done for Arsenal the last couple of years, yeah.
1: And he's you know, 22. What,
0: the the only person that's got better production than him is Salah. And you all tell, you know, I know that Salah's world-class, but everyone goes on about how world-class Salah is. So if he's second in production to Mo, to Mo Salah in the Premier League, which everyone says is the best league in the world, I agree. How is he not world-class?
1: No, he definitely is. And I think he's one of the few players that we've got now. that If we it's can the be whole,
0: oh, he's not world-class till he's won trophies, well that argument I get really annoyed at because I saw Igor Stefanos win a double I've seen what was it Th- that Traoré that used to be really? at Liverpool win the championship.
1: Pascal Seagan is an invincible
0: yes exactly exactly so don't you know don't bash with all this old oh, cause of trophy stuff it's ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah of course he's well class James
1: certainly um and I think we've already you know we've touched on the Trossard chance we should have made it 2-0 um And unfortunately, we did concede a goal uh, to Cunha. Great finish. But again, it was yeah, it was a really good finish from Zinchenko getting caught in possession in the box. Um, And it wasn't the first time that he did it yesterday. And look, if it was his first time doing it, I'd be like, okay, look, you know, we'll, we'll sweep that one under the rug. We won't worry about it too much. But we spoke on the last episode of the podcast about how he's come on defensively. Definitely not yesterday. Really yeah, I jinxed
0: it. We, we jinxed him, didn't we?
1: We, we certainly did. But <laughs> th- th- there were two moments that you already alluded to in the first half where he got bailed out by David Raya, um and Gabriel. And there was another one where he lost the ball and Martinelli tracked back and made a fantastic, fantastic yeah. last-ditch challenge, which uh, you know, really it. got the crowd going. But I, I, I love Zinchenko. I tweeted yesterday that he could put in an absolutely world-class, stellar performance, but he could still lose as a game in the same 90 minutes. And that's why I've always got question marks over him. And he's a very intelligent player, but the things he does to put us in danger are very stupid. Um, and I get it, you know, sometimes there's going to be physical moments where he's a small guy, he's quite slender. He will get out-muscled by bigger people. that That's just going to happen That's part of his game. But some of the times he just divers on the ball, just doesn't get it out when he needs to. In that instance where we concede the goal, just hoof it out, just kick it anywhere, but to the Wolves player. You know, um, and as I I, say, I, I just didn't
0: either. understand. I was like, why are you trying to dribble it out the box there? Like, it just made no sense.
1: But he does it a lot, mate. He I, does know, a a I know, why I don't is he know, I know.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's, um, again, it's like it's a lapse of concentration, which I don't want to throw at him. I don't think he's like that. But then I'm like, is it just an arrogance that you think that? I'm that, you know, obviously he's so good technically, James. We don't
1: even have to... You know, I think he's be... so keen to keep the keep the ball, keep yeah. possession. Yeah. But no, I don't know no. why he thinks he has to do it on his own because no, he just needs to get it out.
0: As soon as Kivior come on, there was the exact same sort of situation on the same side and he just punted it to Nketiah and obviously Nketiah didn't hold it up very well. And you saw Kivior sort of just turn to Zinchenko and just be like, so you had to, you know, that's what you, yeah. Had to I, I noticed had as had well. Do. Um,
1: <laughs> after we conceded, uh, or it might have even been at full time, but Declan Rice really. Gave Zinchenko a talking to, which I, I don't think it was like a oh, come on, Zinny, you've got to do so much better. Yeah. Like, that's really, I think it was more just a look in those situations, you've just got to kick it out. I like, yeah. don't give because he'll he know from his time at West Ham. Yeah, Spain, I
0: mean, I mean, some were like saying to about about um, obviously Rice the situation as well, but I'm like, he was I'm like, he, he looked knackered at that point because he'd been running around. You know, someone put in the comments earlier, he does two to three men's work. Uh, he was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. He, he always is.
1: It, it's, 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 this is what I can't get my head around at Declan Rice. He is so good at the defensive stuff. He's just everywhere. Interceptions, tackles, whatever it may be. But even playing in the six, I want to see him play as the eight, but it doesn't really matter at the minute because he's still offering so much going forwards. Like, he had a couple of pop shots off the edge of the box, which weren't bad efforts, by the way. But he's still offering so much in an attacking sense as well. When he pushes up, the team pushes up. And it's just going to be so exciting, I think, um, if and when Thomas Partey is back in a couple of weeks, if we're able to just play him at the base, rice further up, you know, going away to the likes of City, Liverpool, Oh, God, it just, it, it would be fantastic. But even having someone like Trossard or an inform Habits in that left-eight role, I, I feel very confident on midfield now, which I've not been able to say all season. But it's it does feel like it's starting to come together, doesn't it?
0: Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing, mate. He's absolutely amazing. When when you make £105 million look like a bargain, it just goes to show how good you are.
1: Well, if we were to sell him in January, we, we'd probably double his <laughs> price, wouldn't we?
0: Oh, I don't. <laughs> Who can you get, you know, other than Rodri? But then some people argue about that because they like well yeah, but he can't carry, he can't do what Declan Reister. So I'm like, what's the better player? I'm like, now you got a point.
1: I think there's an argument that that um, Reister's outperformed Rodri this season. I think he has, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's no easy feat, Rodri. I I I don't like it when we play against him. I think he can be a bit of a nasty player at times, but I do appreciate you know he is one of the best sixes in the world. I think he's absolutely top, top, top draw. I mean, if we had Rodri at the base and. Uh, Rice in the left, you know, what wouldn't you win? What a midfield that would be. Um, but it was a bit of a nervy ending to the game. I think people, you know, were, were very much on the edge of the seats. And when you're watching that game in real time, and we go to a back three, bring Kivior on, and we play uh, as Jorginho, he comes on, and we're just kind of back to the walls, Rob Holding esque. Obviously, it's great to have someone like Kivior to bring on in place of Rob Holding these days, just shows how far the squad has come. Um, and he was very good when he came on, by the way, that's worth mentioning. But, um, It's not nice when you're having to hold on like that against Wolves, especially when you know you should have been out of sight. I don't think it was ever as nerve-wracking as it felt at the time. If you look back, I can't think of another chance the Wolves created, honestly, that, you know, troubled us. They had the Cunha goal, and then apart from that, we kind of just let them have the ball and said, okay, break us down, do what you can. Did you feel nervous at that point in the game?
0: Slightly, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, I was more getting enraged uh like i said with the referee and especially how he come up with the with the added time i mean um tommy asu was down for 80 seconds yeah he gave what was it six minutes, eight minutes was it i think it was six in the first half and then eight in the second or i might no he he
1: gave there. um it was six minutes that he gave in the second half yeah but if we played eight. so much yeah yeah that's yeah. it yeah yeah that i couldn't just, get my head around that
0: yeah it was ridiculous it was absolutely ridiculous um so yeah, I was getting more angry at that, and then obviously Eddie had his chance, and when he missed, it, I was like, "Oh, you know, I, was try- I don't like laying into our players, James." But there was a big part of me that was just like, "Oh, you absolute clown. I'm like, why have you done that? Like, that's sh- that's, the- that's what you're. You know, you, you go on about oh, and un- unlike Jesus, I I, I scored. The- you know, I score the goals. I might not. I think he's learning and he's getting better at being hold up player and running and everything else like that. But I don't think he'll ever be at Jesus's level, but that for him yesterday, I'm like, oh mate have you hit the post from like come on
1: yeah well, he was a, already man. wheeling off in celebration as yeah. well when he did that yeah. which really annoyed me it's like yeah you've like, got like, to put oh, that oh. on target and, and it, again it's identical from Erdegaard, isn't it when he put Trossard through that ball is so difficult to do it deserves a finish it deserves a goal both of them deserved a goal but yeah seriously disappointing it's worth mentioning as well we actually hit the post as well in the first half through Martinelli yeah, so was a great you know, move. yeah we we should Again. have had. We should have had so many more goals yesterday. I, I don't buy into the debate that we were poor or anything like that. It's just one of those games where it's. Well, it's James, difficult.
0: as much as I like Gary O'Neill, he came out after the game and said about time wasting. How does a team with nearly four xg waste time? <laughs> you waste time. You're wasting time because you you know you, you, you're clinging on to something. That like you said, there there was never a moment where we were clinging on yesterday.
1: Yeah. And why wouldn't you run the clock down? I mean, he said it himself as well, Gary O'Neill. He said, Look, no disrespect to Arsenal. Um, it's nothing against them. But if, if I was in that situation, I'd do the same. But I would just expect the game to be managed a bit better and to have more added time. Like, what what do you want, Gary? Like, you know, I I like Gary O'Neill, i got a lot of time for him, but we played more than the added time at the end. We played two minutes more. Like that's not a, a small fraction, that's quite a substantial amount at that period in the game when you know you're really going for it and we're backs against the walls. But we've come out of it with a whim. At, at the point of recording, four points clear at the top of the Premier League. That'll be until uh, City put about ten past Tottenham later on if they insist on playing ange ball. Um But, you know, we can't really ask for a, for a better weekend. We can't ask for a better week, really, can we, mate? Three wins.
0: Yeah, no, dude. Like like we said, um, what is it? No, nine goals in a week. Oh, I'm not going to moan at that.
1: No, and I think it's, what, five wins on the spin? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that Newcastle result, it's... Um, galvanised us a little bit. I mean, I I was, you know, I I know if we go back a month, um, the Newcastle result was really hard to take, a very bitter pill to swallow, but I was never too downbeat after that game. Um, And I know we weren't quite clicking in the way that we are now a month ago, but I always felt with the run of games we had coming up, we we would make up those points. And we've won games this season that we we lost last season, Everton away, City at home. You know, we're picking up points and St. James's Park, I mean, we did really well to win there last season, but it's a very tough ground to go to, a very, very tough ground. We saw what they did to United yesterday. We know that they're going to take points off our rivals um, there this season. So, look, I'm glad we've got that game out of the way at this point in the season. And, you know, we're sitting pretty at the top of the tree right now. Um, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stop here, mate. We've got another game. Um, in 48 hours' time, really against Luton Town, uh, we've already touched on them briefly. Very physical battle, going to be a very, very tough game. I'm not expecting, you know, a four, five, six. No, I think it could be quite similar to Brentford. Um, mentioned earlier that they came very close to beating Liverpool a couple of weeks ago. So, um, what what are your feelings? What are your thoughts going into this game, and what would you change about the team lineup?
0: Uh, I think it will be exactly the same as what we saw yesterday, um, apart from Havertz will probably come in. I I think if Tommy Asu is fit, he'll stay in there, just from, like I said, aerial bombardment. So I think he'll... But I've got no qualms whatsoever if it's Declan Rice, mate. Do you think... Uh, sorry, uh, not Declan Rice, Ben White. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, De- Declan
1: Rice a right back. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't put it <laughs> he, past him. I no, he you,
0: yeah, you could put gloves on him and he'd do well there. You know, same I'm as Sackler. Sure he, he just plays everywhere.
1: Yeah. Do you think um this is maybe one of those games where we could start to use the squad a bit more? I mean, I don't want to say it's a, it's, it's a gimme by any means, but do you think there's an opportunity to bring in a Kivir or a Jorginho um etc.
0: As much as I would love that James um no, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mix. I don't want to mix it too much. I think you finally like we said, you finally got it clicking to what you want. So let's not make unless obviously we have to, let's not make any massive adjustment. I mean, like, like we mentioned earlier, um, if if you if you've lasted this long, if you've only just joined, if you want to rewind it back, and if you listen, you know you can go back and listen to it on the audio when it's out. The only big rotation for me would be that PSV game. Um, up until then, just keep it as as it is because obviously you know we got two. Well, like you said, we got nine points in a week. I want six points next week as well, and I think we I think they're very obtainable six points as well. As much as I do rate Aston Villa. I think that's be a good Yeah. Be very I think, I, yeah. Like, I think it was you that said the other day, isn't it? It would be the first away game that we play where a team will actually come out because we're so we, every away game that we've had, everyone's just, and you're like, Unai you Emery doesn't know how to do that. So <laughs> they're going to play. And it's, it'd be nice to actually see someone have a game, try and have a game with us. So,
1: yeah. I think, you know, yeah. that, that could be a high scoring game. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah. Excited, a little bit nervous going to going to go Villa Park, but look, let's get um let's get Luton out of the way first. Um, yeah. I, I think it's one of those games where if we're able to be in a commanding position come half time around the sixty-minute mark, you want to be taken off the likes of Jesus again. You know, oh, of
0: course. Yeah. I,
1: I don't think we'll see Saka or anyone. You know, pulled that early on in the game. But no. if there's an opportunity, let's say we did have another non-situation where we're four-nil up with twenty minutes to go. Oh, just,
0: yeah, hundred percent, James. Just yeah. do it.
1: Like you yeah. know, give the other guys a bit of time. Um, but it, I, I don't, for the record, I think it will be a, a scrappy one-nil win. I don't think this will be a, no. a, a an easy game. So that's my okay. prediction. I like, yeah, I've said, two, nil. I've said two I've said 2-0. 2-0. I like yeah. it. I like they don't, it.
0: They don't, like I said, they don't concede a lot at home.
1: They don't. And uh yeah, it, it's definitely not going to be easy. But look, we're we're in a very good position, you know. Qualified top of the group in the Champions League, top of the tree in the Premier League. I am elated with what I'm seeing from Arsenal this season. I just hope we can keep it up. And on that note, um, I'm going to leave it there, mate. As always, it has been an absolute pleasure podcasting with you today um where can people find you
0: yeah just in the little box where my hands going that way yeah there we go it's just yeah ll cool james 91 lovely stuff all the links
1: and um yeah please do make sure to enter our competition if you um didn't hear earlier uh you can win an a4 print um from roof's etsy shop all you've got to do is head over to roof back art on etsy screenshot uh, your favorite print send it over to the same old arsenal at gmail.com and amanda will be announcing a competition on the post aston villa podcast in six days time i appreciate there's a few steps to jump through but look you're getting a free print. Um, it's, it's worth taking five minutes out of your day to take a little peruse and then uh, drop us a quick email. So yeah, make sure you do it. Um, subscribe to the same old Arsenal on all the various audio platforms to us on YouTube. Make sure you give us a follow across all the uh, social media outlets. JJ, thank you for joining me as ever, mate. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. I think the next one will be next week, post Aston Villa, where Amanda will, sh- will be joined by Albert and touching on the game against Luton, and obviously um, taking a deep dive into what will hopefully be a win against former Arsenal man Unai Emery. But until then, guys, from myself and JJ, see you later. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.